Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to the Investing Insights Podcast from Morningstar. In this week's podcast, Susan Jabinski and Dave Sikara discuss investing in a bear market, Christine Benz breaks down RMDs, and Russ Kennel talks funds that got burned in 2022. Let's get started. Here are Susan Jabinski from Morningstar Inc. and Dave Sikara from Morningstar Research Services. Hi, I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. U.S. stocks entered bear market territory this week, with the broad market indices down 20% from their recent highs. Joining me today to recap what's going on in the market and share some stocks that haven't been this cheap in more than a decade is Dave Sakara. Dave is Morningstar's chief U.S. market strategist. So Dave, let's start out with that recap of what's been going on in the market. Let's break things down by, say, large caps versus small caps, value versus growth, and then maybe high quality stocks versus no moat stocks. Hi, Susan. Yeah, it's definitely been you know, a tough, tough year thus far this year for the market. You know, the Morningstar U.S. market index, which is our broadest measure of the U.S. stock market, is down over 22% year to date through last night's close of June 14th. Now, what I would note that the greatest losses have occurred in those areas that really would be the most negatively impacted by high inflation and slowing economic growth. So when I break the you know, the different losses down, the preponderance of those losses have been in the growth category, and that's down over 36% year to date, whereas the value category, which had held up relatively well earlier in their year, you know, now is down 7% through this far this year. Now, the core or the blend category, that's in the middle of the pack, and it's dropped about 21% year to date. Now, when we look across the different market capitalization levels, there's really not that much of a difference. Everything has broadly sold off. So in those Morningstar indices for each of large, mid, and small cap, you know, they're down within about 2% of one another. Now, breaking things down by sector, it's technology, communications, and consumer cyclicals as the worst performers, each having dropped well over 30% thus far this year. Now, having said that, I think the selling recently has become pretty indiscriminate as even high-quality companies have been caught up in this most recent downdraft. And I think this most recent action, when I look at the technicals, shows to me, I think a lot of portfolio managers are now at that point where they're selling what they can as opposed to what they may necessarily want to sell. So for example, if we look at the Morningstar Wide Moat Composite Index, which is an index of all those companies we rate with a wide moat, that's actually down a little bit more than the overall market. Now, however, I would note that the Morningstar Wide Moat Focused Index which is slightly different, and that's a composite of those 40 wide moat stocks that have the lowest price to fair value metrics, has only dropped a little bit over 17% year to date, less than the broad market. So investors are often encouraged during times like this, you know, Dave, to, you know, buy during a a bear market. Mm -hmm. But how can they avoid buying those proverbial falling knives, you know, those stocks that may just continue to keep going down? You know, can you avoid doing something like that? that in today's market? Well, as you mentioned, you know, being in a bear market, we weren't actually necessarily surprised by some of the sell-off you know, earlier in the year. So in our 2022 outlook, yeah, we noted that we thought coming into the year, the market was actually a little overvalued. Now, having said that, I think the pendulum has actually swung too far to the downside at this point. And we think the broad market is becoming significantly undervalued. Now, having said that, as a word of caution, just because something is undervalued today doesn't mean that it can't become even more undervalued in the short run. But you know, we do expect to see a lot of volatility, both to the upside as well as the downside this summer. 
And we think the markets are waiting to get better clarity on a couple of different factors. You know, the most important right now will be when will inflation start to moderate and when will we see you know, some stabilization in the U.S. economy. So in today's market, I'd focus on those companies that have an economic moat. And we think those will be the companies that have the best ability to weather any kind of economic dislocations that we see, as well as those are the companies that typically exhibit the best pricing power. Now, of course, identifying a high quality company is only half the equation and valuation is the other half of successful investing. So I'd recommend for investors to focus on those stocks that do have you know, those wide or narrow economic moats, but those that have sold off and are already trading at a pretty significant margin of safety from their intrinsic valuation. The goal here really is to try and both you know, minimize the amount of you know, additional future losses, but also be able to provide those investors the confidence that if those stocks do sell off further, that they will then go in and actually be able to buy more of those shares you know, while they're trading cheaper. So speaking of margin of safety, you know, you've done some research, Dave, and you've found that, you know, there are a lot of businesses out there right now that are trading at margins of safety or discounts to their fair value estimates that we haven't seen in a decade. So let's let's talk about some specific names, maybe starting out with a couple of of, of names with wider narrow moats. Sure. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we are seeing you know, a lot of indiscriminate selling that's being, you know, out there bringing these stocks down. And we just think that these are just great opportunities for investors with that long-term focus. So essentially with these stocks down as much as they are, you know, that's providing you know, the ability for those that do have risk appetite in cash you know, to put that to work in today's market. So as you mentioned, I did do a quick analysis of stocks with a wide and narrow economic moat that are trading at four and five star ratings. And then I rank order them by you know, how or what percentage of time they've traded at four and five stars you know, over the past decade. So there's you know, some examples like wide moat semiconductor manufacturer NVIDIA. You know, it's now at a four star level. And I think that's actually the first time it's hit four stars since 2012. And just as an indication of how fast you know, things have moved in the marketplace, that stock was actually overvalued. It was rated with two stars as recently as March. And it was a one-star stock, you know, last November. Wow. A couple others that you know we're watching today is Zoetis. You know, that's another stock that since 2013 had only ever traded with a four-star rating, you know, one percent of the time. So Zoetis sells health products for both pets and animals. We assign the company with a wide moat, and it currently trades at a 15% discount to our fair value. You know, also in the healthcare industry, you know, we're looking at medical device maker Boston Scientific. That one is rated with a narrow economic moat. It's currently trading at a 22% discount to our fair value, which puts it into that four-star territory. And it's only traded here you know, less than 5% of the time over the past 10 years. So on an industry level, you know, you, you've looked at this on the individual stock level and an industry level, you say that um, some businesses that are tied to the bond market have been especially hard hit. Why is that? And what are some companies here that we might consider? Yeah, I mean, in the fixed income markets, we're seeing a lot of losses there, you know, especially as interest rates are continuing to rise. And with that, that's also pressured a lot of the companies whose businesses are centered around the bond market. You know, a lot of them have dropped well over 30% thus far this year. So for example, rating agencies, you know, Moody's and Standard & Poor's are both rated four stars, and they're both trading at discounts of over 20% to our fair value. You know, over the past decade, Moody's has only traded here you know, at a discount 
this great about 10% of the time. And S&P, it's even more rare. It only traded, you know, four stars about 3% of the, over the time. Now, similarly, kind of in the same vein, you know, wide moat market access, you know, they run an electronic fixed income trading portal. You know, that's also rated four stars. That stock is down 34% thus far this year. We think that's trading at a 22% discount to our fair value. And let's pivot another industry you've talked a little bit about is cybersecurity. What's been going on there and what looks undervalued? Yeah, I think cybersecurity has it's just really compelling you know, attributes for investors today. So cybersecurity stocks did pretty well earlier this year, you know, specifically after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. But we have seen a lot of those stocks get caught up in this recent downdraft as well. So for example, Fortinet is rated four stars. It's trading at a 21% discount to our fair value. We do assign the company with a wide moat. And I would note that we think that that's one of the companies in the cybersecurity industry that's at the forefront of the convergence between cybersecurity and networking technologies. You know, since we picked up coverage of Fortinet in 2015, it's only ever traded with four stars about 5% of that time. Mm -hmm. Within the cybersecurity space, you know, another two companies I would highlight to investors would be CrowdStrike and Zscaler. Both are assigned with narrow economic moats. Both are trading with four stars. And those two stocks are trading at 20% and 30% discounts respectively. Now the industrial sector also has some stocks trading at rarely seen discounts. Tell us about those. So again, kind of the heightened concerns of you know, higher probability of a near-term economic slowdown has certainly taken its toll on the industrial sector. And there's you know, numerous examples of companies with wide moats trading at a significant margin of safety. So for example, one I would highlight would be a wide moat rated Roper. It's only traded with four stars about 5% of the time you know, over the past decade. You know, a couple of other four-star rated you know, wide moat industrial names I'd highlight would be Honeywell and 3M. And then lastly, there's a pretty well-known brand that's uh, trading at a rare deep discount. Tell us what that is. Well, there's actually a number of you know, high quality you know, consumer branded products that are all now trading at significant discounts. But the one I'll leave you with will be Clorox. Again, it's currently rated four stars, trades at a 23% discount to our fair value. And over the past decade, it's only ever traded at this discount or lower you know, 15% of the time. Well, Dave, thanks for your time today for the recap, the perspective, and the stock ideas. We appreciate your time. All right. Well, thank you, Susan. I appreciate it. I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. Expand your investing horizons and look to the long term with Morningstar's podcast, The Long View. Join hosts Christine Benz and Jeff Patak as they talk to influential leaders in investing, advice, and personal finance. Search for and subscribe to The Long View today. Next, Christine Benz from Morningstar Inc. tells you the ABCs of RMDs. Required minimum distributions, or RMDs, are exactly as they sound. They're mandatory distributions or withdrawals of funds from your retirement accounts. Your RMD is the minimum amount you have to take out of your tax-deferred retirement accounts once you pass age 72. RMDs apply to traditional IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, and SEP IRAs. One notable retirement account type that isn't subject to RMDs during your lifetime is the Roth IRA. RMDs also apply to some inherited retirement accounts, but today I'm going to be talking about retirement accounts that you own during your own lifetime. One question that often comes up in relation to RMDs is why we have to take them. 
The main idea is that tax-deferred retirement accounts aren't taxable while you're saving and accumulating assets for retirement. But once you hit age 72, RMDs are the government's way of saying that the party's over. It's time to start pulling the money out and paying taxes on those withdrawals. You'll typically owe ordinary income tax on your RMDs, unless you've contributed after-tax dollars to your account. If that's the case, those contributions won't be taxed again, though any investment earnings on those amounts will be. You have to take RMDs annually by December 31st of each year. If you miss your RMD, you'll owe any taxes that would have been due on your RMD amount, and you'll also owe a 50% penalty on any amount that you should have taken but didn't. In other words, you don't want to miss your RMD. To calculate your RMDs, you look back to your account balance at the end of the previous year. You then divide that amount by what's called a life expectancy factor, which you can find on the Internal Revenue Services website. There are different tables for RMDs, but most people will use what's called the Uniform Lifetime Table. You'll use a separate table if your spouse is more than 10 years younger than you and is the sole beneficiary of your retirement account. You'll see that the RMD percentages increase as you age. They start at less than 4% of your portfolio at age 72, but by age 80, they're over 5%. That might make you feel uncomfortable if you're trying to stick to a specific withdrawal percentage on your retirement portfolio. But remember, you can always reinvest the money. You don't have to spend it. If you have earned income equal to or greater than your contribution amount, you can even reinvest your RMD proceeds back into an IRA. More affluent investors also wonder if there's anything they can do to lower their RMDs and in turn their tax bills. One idea for lowering RMD-related taxes is what's called a qualified charitable distribution, which you're eligible to make once you turn age 70 and a half. That means that you can take a portion of your IRA, up to $100,000 per year, and donate it to charity. Any amounts that you donate to charity in this way aren't taxable, and they also satisfy your RMD obligations. Another idea is a type of deferred annuity called a Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract, or QLAC. The amount you put into the QLAC isn't subject to RMDs, but you'll owe taxes when you begin taking income from the annuity. Thanks for watching. I'm Christine Benz for Morningstar. Lastly, Russ Kennel from Morningstar Research Services talks about funds that got barbecued in 2022. It's barbecue season, so I thought I'd take a look at some funds that have been barbecued. It's amazing how quickly fortunes are made and lost in investing. Let's look at three of the biggest losers so far of 2022. ARK's super aggressive portfolio has been crushed. The fund has lost more than half its value and give it back enough gains that it's only flat for the trailing three years at this point. Once a decade or so, these sort of super high valuation, really speculative stocks take a severe hit. And that's what we're seeing right now. Top holdings in the fund like Roku, Zoom, Teladoc, and Coinbase are down more than 70% year on the trailing uh, one year. And even our favorite Tesla has been uh, getting hit more recently since Elon Musk started flirting with Twitter. We rate the fund negative. Dennis Lynch's Morgan Stanley institutional growth has been cut in half. It too loves fast-growing tech names, though it at least has better research to back it up. The silver-rated fund has been burned by Shopify and DoorDash. Growth-oriented emerging market funds are really hurting, too. Artisan developing world is off more than 40%. Asian internet plays like C-Limited and Tencent have suffered from the tech sell-off and China's slowdown. 
We rate the fund bronze as Lewis Kaufman has impressed over time, though he's giving back some gains now. That does it for this week's Investing Insights podcast from Morningstar. We hope you have enjoyed our program and we welcome your feedback. Please send your comments and questions to podcast at Morningstar.com. From everyone here at Morningstar, thanks for listening. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. Morningstar and its affiliates are not affiliated with this guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered tax advice. Please consult a tax and or financial professional for advice specific to your individual circumstances. Morningstar Research Services LLC is a subsidiary of Morningstar Inc. and is registered with and governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision.